Now Treadwell crosses a line with the Park Service, which we will not cross. He attacks the individuals with whom he worked for 13 years. I beat your I protected the animals. I did it. Fuck you. Animals rule. Timothy conquered. Really? Hey y'all, I'm Megan. And I'm Meredith. And this is the Really Podcast. Ooh. <laughs> but something we do want to get into, we've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. The Nacogdoches Film Festival. We finally went. And it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time. And we met some awesome people. The first night we went was a Friday night. And we met George Foreman. And if you don't know who that is, he's an Olympic boxer. And also, for people who aren't into boxing, he also made grills. <laughs> he's also done some acting. Yeah. Yeah, he has. And he has his own church. He's a preacher. That's true. And he's from Houston, Houston, Texas. I didn't know that until. I didn't. I didn't know that either. And I feel like I should have known because I'm really big when it comes to, like, someone's from Texas. I'm like, oh, yeah, they're from Texas. Like, Meg the Stallion's from Texas. Brock Hampton, their group, is Mike from Nesmith. Texas. Yes, Mike Nesmith from the Monkees is from Texas. So that's just something I I like to support whenever so I Texas see it. Texas is so huge that you can't even like catch them all. I know. Isn't Selena Gomez from Texas? I don't know. I think so. And Beyonce's from Houston. So it's just like a whole lot. There's a whole lot. And um yeah, I just like supporting people from Texas. Also from Texas at the Nacogdoches Film Festival, we met Joe Lansdale, the oh, the author. Yeah, and if I'll let Meredith explain this one because this is more her deal. He he wrote and you know oversaw making the movie Bubba Hotep, which is, I mean I don't even know like how it's kind of a weird concept for a movie. <laughs> he he wrote the book that the movie was based on, and the movie stars. Bruce Campbell as an Elvis impersonator. But he believes he's actually Elvis. Right. But he's in a nursing home. (laughs) And then there's another character who thinks he's JFK. But he's black. And I just, that's just, yeah. And I think it has something to do with, like, mummies and stuff. But a lot of it was filmed, or parts of it were filmed in Nacogdoches. And that's where Joe Lansdale like, he grew up in the area, so very cool when we got to meet him. I was very excited. Yeah, honestly, I don't I don't know if I was... Sh- I definitely was shaking when I met George Foreman, but you were shaking when we met Joe Lansdale. Yeah, I was shook. One degree of separation away from Bruce Campbell. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Except by now, I can guarantee that Mr. Lansdale is already, like, who, who are they? Uh, He's probably met so many people, like... Yeah. Our our thirty second interaction. <laughs> <laughs> he was super nice though. Both very were nice. very nice. Yes, for sure. Yes. And I definitely I mean, you wanna write a story about him, don't you? I mean maybe. You need to. Maybe. I'm gonna make you do it. <laughs> don't think I forgot, because I remembered. But um and what did we do? We watched some movies. A, like uh, that's a what you that's what you do at a film fest. I know. <laughs> and then we got to enjoy parts of like walking around the Fredonia Hotel, which is always very nice. And um we didn't like meet a whole bunch of people, but I mean what we, we met who who mattered. <laughs> honestly. If we're being real here, yes, we met who mattered. Um but some of the movies that we watched um, well, actually, all the movies that we watched. Well, no, not true, because we walked in. We saw, like, parts yeah. of some short films, a music video, but the main two that we saw were an SFA grad film and a documentary. Yes, and the SFA grad film was Glenn's Gotta Go, and that was directed by Levy Isaacs or Levi Isaacs. I apologize if I got that first name wrong. Um, and then the writer was Brad Mall. 
And if you know anything about soap operas, I don't know, not anything, because I don't even watch soap operas, but my mom did. Um, Brad Mall was a recurring character in General Hospital. He was, like, the main doctor, I think. Not, like, the main character, but the main doctor. I don't know. I didn't watch General Hospital. More of a more of a bold and the beautiful, young and the restless person <laughs> for me. And see, I can't. I can't. It's just so dramatic. It's fun. <laughs> I guess that's how I felt whenever I watched wrestling back in the day. I would skip through the fights just to listen to the dialogue. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and then, um, well, Glenn's Gotta Go was about, it was about a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was 4th of July weekend. Yes. And the main character came out to his mom. And she was gay. Sorry, I just had to put that out there. She wasn't super excited about it. She she was very disappointed. And then that plot got overshadowed. Yeah. Or it like switched gears into Grandma's new husband is crazy and her life is in danger. Yes. So they have to get rid of him. He's Glenn in the Glenn's Gotta Go. And he's gotta go. <laughs> and they say it in the movie. Yeah. They, the main towards character, the end, towards the end, they say it. Yeah. The main character's like, Glenn's gotta go. And then I was like, roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting. But then there was one thing that I just remembered that we didn't write. But there was one thing that was just off. Just really off yeah. and not needed. And we were both, we both kind of looked at each other. We were like, eek. So there was a um, scene. Because the main character is going to live with his grandparents under this guise of Glenn is going to make him not gay anymore. Yeah, he's going to straight camp. But the real reason he's going is to find out what what's wrong with Glenn and why his grandma is, like, in danger, right? Yes. So Glenn takes him to the local bar in the area, and they meet the the waitress that works there i guess she's like the main waitress whatever the pretty girl basically then um him the main character and the girl go upstairs blah 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 and they don't mention it until later but cuz he was like pretty messed up when they came back down but they had gone up with like a tray of shots uh-huh so i was like oh he just like got drunk yeah but, apparently, I don't remember if it was Glenn who... Uh, yeah, it was Glenn, because he had it. Glenn put Ruhifnol, Rufies, for the street name, into those drinks. And the waitress roofied him and raped him. And we were like... What? Uh. And then they just kind of like... When they mentioned that... They didn't really, like, pay any mind to it. It was like in an episode of Friends when they say something and then they, like, play the laugh track over it. But, like, you take the laugh track out and they're all just kind of like, huh? huh? Yeah, they almost treated it like a joke. Yeah. And, like, that's the... the, the, It just didn't sit right. Yeah, it didn't. And it was unneeded. It wasn't... It was just unnecessary. I mean, everything up to that point... The movie was fine. Yeah. But then when you get to that, you're like, ugh. And then you find out that Glenn's been giving the grandma roofies. Yeah. Maybe he's, like, trying to kill her. I think so. Yeah, because he wants, like... He wants her land. Yeah. And, like, just her whole estate. Yeah. But... So, that that just... Could have done without that, I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Definitely, like, the most unnecessary part. But other than that, it was it was cool. I get it. Yeah. Um, and then the next movie we watched was a documentary, which was about Joe Lansdale. And it was All Hail the Popcorn King. And it was directed by Hansi Oppenheimer, who is quite the character, I do have to say. She's from New York. Um, she's very New York gal. But also, like, she referred to herself as, like, steampunk western. I dig it. Was that what she said? I think so, something yeah. like that. Definitely western. She likes the western, like, aesthetic kind of thing. It made me think 
now that I think about it, like, maybe, like, spaghetti western, you know, in a way. Yeah. Like, think of, like, Tarantino's kind of western. Yeah, that's not spaghetti western. Oh. I don't think. I don't know. I'm not Spaghetti western, you know, like, all those old Italian western movies. That's spaghetti western. That's why they're called that. I didn't know that. So I probably just said something low-key a little bit racist, didn't I? No. Was that like... No. I don't know. (laughs) But she was a cool gal. She was cool. Definitely cool. And her panel, she and Joe... She and Mr. Lansdale uh, (laughs) spoke and answered some questions after the movie played. And it was very cool. They had some very cool things to say. They were both very nice people. But um, what it was about... It was about Joe Lansdale and his process and his, all the books that he's written. And uh, he writes so much. So much. But one of the funniest things I think that I found about the movie was the popcorn thing. Yeah. Which is kind of, I'm guessing, where the movie's namesake comes from. So what would happen is that he used to eat popcorn whenever he needed some ideas for a book or his His, wife would make popcorn for him and just coat it in (laughs) grease like Kroger grease was it yeah like Kroger lard or something yeah but um Lansdale joked that um whenever he heard popcorn making he was like oh there we must need some more money (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like his wife is like making popcorn so they they can come out with another book and make some more money but i thought that was funny cuz he would eat the popcorn and then he would go to sleep and have weird dreams mm-hmm. and the dreams would inspire him to write something i think that's what he said that's how he came up with the drive in yeah so definitely cool and oh also something we had going <laughs> <laughs> because because at the very first Nacogdoches Film Festival, Bruce Campbell was there and did a panel with Joe Lansdale. Yes. And so we were making bets with each other, just giving, like, percentage guesses, playing a little game called, how likely is it that Bruce Campbell shows up to the Nacogdoches Film Festival? (laughs) And what was your first My first was about 40. Yeah. 40%. And then was mine, like, 25? Yes. And then it went down. Both of ours went down at one point. Yeah, to about 10 and 25. uh Uh-huh. But the the reason why mine went down, I think, was because I saw a Twitter post that Bruce Campbell had made of him at a beach or something. I'm like, that's not Galveston. (laughs) But I was like, oh, dang. So I think that's when it went down to 10%, maybe. But then we read the program and saw who the documentary was about, and his name, Bruce Campbell's name, was mentioned in the little synopsis, so we both upped our guesses back to the 40-45 range. And had heart attacks. <laughs> <laughs> and then as we watched the documentary, there was a phone interview from Bruce Campbell. So technically, he was there. In spirit. In spirit. Definitely. And I think that's the way he would want it. Yeah. (laughs) He was there in Deadite. (laughs) Meredith's laughing. Don't let the silence fool you. (laughs) But speaking of documentaries, let's go ahead and get into this week's movie. And, um, well, this week we watched Grizzly Man. Um, We've finally gotten back into films that I have not seen, but Meredith has. We did that last week with St. Elmo's Fire. Oh, oh, dang. (laughs) It just feels like it's been a long time, though, because before that, it was, like, multiple, like, maybe two in a row that you hadn't seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was Rent and then The Notebook. (laughs) Barf, never doing that again. No. But I was intrigued from the beginning, because the first clip you showed me was from when the main character, whose name is Timothy, was, like, Begging for rain out in the wilderness. Where was this at? He he went to Alaska every okay, summer. Okay. So, well, why don't you describe the movie for us? So, just kind of like an overview. It follows Timothy Treadwell as he goes into the Alaskan, quote-unquote, wilderness every summer to document and 
protect the bears that live there. Sorry, I'm only laughing because... It's not really the wilderness so much because it's a protected national park that he goes and he camps in, like, the camping-friendly area for a little while, and then he moves into what he calls the grizzly maze, Mm. which is where the bears, like, live and be bears, and it's super dangerous for people. But he... He's just really set on being, like, the sole protector of these bears. And one summer, he goes out there, and something goes wrong, and he and his girlfriend get mauled to death by bears. Yes. By a bear. Yes. And so Werner Herzog took all of Timothy Treadwell's footage, because he was kind of, like, documenting this as he went, took his footage... And did some interviews and, like, pieced together this documentary about Timothy Treadwell and his work that he did with bears. And it's just, it has this, like, odd feeling to it. It does. Like, the whole thing. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it actually happened. But, like, we usually say, we'll get into that later. And don't let me forget to ask you about the recording. Because I have a question for you about the recording. Okay. Um, and as for the recording, we'll get into that later, too. So, let's talk about the main character, Timothy Treadwell. There's a lot, a lot to unpack here on this guy. Right. So, the first thing I feel like we need to talk about is his mental issues, which kind of are brought up in the middle. Right. They don't, like, start right out the gate saying that there was something wrong with him. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you kind of get... Once you kind of get this idea of who he was, then people start saying, you know, he had he had a lot of problems that he didn't, I guess, really know how to deal with. I think Herzog really did a good job on getting into him, getting into Timothy, because... I really felt like there were some things that they weren't said, but you could just guess about Timothy, but I'm not going to get into that. If you want to watch the movie, you can watch it and then guess for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So let's first get into part of what possibly contributed to his mental issues or his mental issues led on to him having was his alcoholism. Right. At one point, he said that he used to be an alcoholic and he would either die from it or break free from it. And he eventually, like, broke free from it and found... Because he said that he wouldn't be able to protect the bears if he couldn't, like, take care of himself is what I think kind of led him to that. But, I mean, I felt like that was mirrored by the bears. Like, he would either... He would either be there to protect the bears, or he would let the bears kill him. And so he kind of, like, gave up one... One... Vice? Yeah, I mean, like, I guess. Extreme? Yeah, for another, if that makes sense. It does. It's like... He's, it's like he always wants to live on the edge. Yes. And... He even says... You people, these people, you don't... No one ever really realizes how close my life is to the precipice of death. Or something along those lines. Like, he is very, like, adamant about saying, I could die at any minute out here. Mm-hmm. And at one point while we were watching the movie, I looked at you and I was like, this guy has a death wish. Like, it's insane the things that he would do just to get... He was definitely obsessed with the idea of dying. I mean, these were wild animals. And it's almost like he didn't want to die of old age or something. He wanted something to kill him. Dang. He wanted it to he wanted his his death to be extraordinary. That's wild to me. And you know, I say you know, he was messing around with wild animals. You know me. I'm one of those people. I'm not very afraid of wild animals, but big wild animals. He was getting close to them, petting them. Bears. Getting close, like, 
hundred yards away from them fighting each other. Yeah, and that mm, 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 mm. it was. I can't believe it. I don't know anyone that would with a sound mind. And he didn't. He didn't even seem afraid of them. Like he knew they were dangerous, and they knew they could kill them. That they could kill him, but he still. He didn't care. And even when at points you could tell, like, he was a little bit nervous, he still didn't seem to, like, back away very much. Right. It, it was just a weird kind of deal. But um, his friends mentioned that he had mental issues and he had stopped taking his medication. And he, yeah, he said that he didn't want any middle ground. Like, the, the medication kind of, like, evened him out. But he didn't want any of that. Part of his personality was having highs and lows. That's interesting to me. That's really interesting to me, actually. I feel like that's part of, like, probably what he had. He could have had, I'm, you know, this is just me guessing, but he could have had bipolar disorder because that, I think that's part of it. Now, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, anybody but part of that is having really high highs and really low lows and switching like quickly if something goes wrong but i could be totally wrong i don't want to like assume anything but i feel like that was probably one of his issues maybe but i don't know um but one of the things that i kind of wanted to bring up is the ethical part of that is should somebody have stepped in and helped? Which, I mean, when it comes to that kind of thing, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. You can't make people take their medication and things like that. And, like, obviously he had friends who cared about him, and he had people who cared about him. They wanted what was best for him. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, how do you tell a full-grown adult that they have to behave or act a certain way? Yeah, that's that's always a difficult situation. Um, but my thought overall, like just kind of overall, is that if he wouldn't have been taken out by bears, I fully believe he either would have, like you said, he would have tried to die in an extraordinarily different way, but still extraordinary, or unfortunately I think he would have eventually just done it himself. And I wonder if that was, like, a conscious thing. Like, was he... Did he know that he wanted to die in an extraordinary way? Or was it just kind of, like... You know what? Subconscious. It was probably kind of like he didn't have any... He probably just didn't care. Like, in the way that, you know, if I die, I die. That kind of didn't care. Um, He was... And there are a lot of people who are like that. I mean, they mm-hmm. do all kinds of crazy things. Yeah. But this was just extra, I think. Um, and also one of his things is that he didn't connect with humans very well. Right. He wanted to be a bear. And that, during while we were watching the movie, I said, it was this meme. I was like, in every way but physical... <laughs> I am a bear, but that's in reference to, in every way but physical, I am a wolf, and it's like a whole video, it's... (laughs) But, I mean, he said that he wishes that he, or, no, somebody said that he would, like, growl, or, like, make the noises of the bears. Bears! When they were feeling different ways, and I I think that's... I mean, I do that with my cats. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that's interesting. Like, you surround yourself by a community of animals for so long you just kind of like pick up like you know with my roommates I've lived with them so long that I kind of picked up some of the ways that they behave the ways they talk and interact with each other yeah so it's definitely not like it's just like learned behaviors basically I feel like that's just like a human or like really any animal's way of get having their desire to fit in somewhere fulfilled you know mm-hmm. I think I don't know but there were a lot of people that talked about him this this one woman she was his 
you know, quote-unquote widow, because she said that they had dated for a short while, but it didn't really work out, and they just kind of stayed friends, and that after he died, all of his stuff, like, went to her, mm-hmm. so she felt like his widow. I, I just have... We'll talk about that later, because... But I just have a lot of thoughts on that because it's interesting. It's the whole that she's just weird to me. Yeah. Then there was some another woman like he would go to her house and keep his stuff in her shed, and then when he left to Alaska, he would leave from her house. Mm-hmm. So she spoke, kind of towards the end. She spoke, but yeah. he had a girlfriend while he was going on his last expedition. But she never really showed up on camera, ever. Yeah, if anyone showed up on camera, it was just Timothy. And he, the bears. <laughs> yeah, he even had, um, I think a male went with him at one point. I think it, well, it was whenever they were getting on the plane, I think. And it showed his girlfriend, like, one time and another guy. I don't know, I don't. I don't remember. It's been a while since we've watched this. Yeah, compared almost, to almost a week, movie. yeah. Yeah. Actually, it has been a week. <laughs> yeah. Um and then there was his friend who lived in California. Yeah, and he was he was an interesting guy too because he talked about being friends with Timothy. I feel like he was more of an acquaintance, honestly. Yeah, but he didn't really have any I don't know. He, it's almost like he didn't have any sympathy. I mean, he did <laughs> obviously have some sympathy, but he <clears throat> he said that he kind of saw it coming. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to believe that it was true, but on the other hand, like, if anything was going to happen, that's I what mean, it would be. I mean, if you hang out with bears all the time, you know, it's almost like the thing of birds... Well, no, that doesn't even make sense. I was about to say, if birds, birds of a feather flock together, I don't know. No, you don't. reap what you sow? Is that... Nah. I mean, kind of. In a way. There's there's some colloquialism that will Play yes. with fire, you're going to get burned, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Um, then something that we kind of want to bring up is that it was self-documentation. It wasn't... He, he would film himself talking and giving monologues, and he would do multiple takes. Yes. And he would, like, set the camera down... And then, like, go off screen and walk across screen and, like, go different ways. So he would have, like, B-roll footage. Which is interesting to me. Because does does that count as part of the documentary process? Because, I mean, it's definitely staged. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not something that wouldn't have happened organically. Like, obviously, he has to walk through the woods. Mm -hmm. I just think that's an interesting, like, behind-the-scenes, like, way of looking at him. Yeah. Because it definitely, like, blurs the lines of, like, filmmaker versus, like, dude in the woods, you know? Also, in while Herzog was narrating, he mentioned that Timothy had kind of created a character for himself. Like, the woodsman kind of character. Do you remember him mentioning that? Yeah. Which I think is interesting. So that kind of also, in a way, blurs the lines of... Yeah. It's just an interesting concept. But he definitely wanted someone to be proud of him. And who did you think that was? I think, because I I feel like he definitely said somewhere in the movie that he wanted God to be proud of him. Because he was going into the woods protecting these animals, like, risking his life for it, and then in the off-season when he wasn't in Alaska, he would travel around the country and share his studies and share his work with children. Like, he'd visit schools and, like, present to science classes, like, for free. He never charged anybody for it. So he definitely thought he was doing a good deed, and he thought that God would be proud of him. And, I mean, he kind of became, like, a local celebrity because the local news did a story on him. He was on David Letterman. I mean, he was, like, I don't think, I think he was beyond local. That's true. I just wasn't around. Me neither. Actually, they wait, mentioned it. when was he on David Letterman? Oh, I wish I knew. If it was before 1997, then I, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, then... Let's kind of get into 
Werner Herzog. Yeah, so he's a filmmaker. His first feature film was Signs of Life, and he's won all kinds of awards for movies that Megan and I have never heard of. <laughs> yeah, especially me. A lot like, of, like, film festivals and stuff, but what I know about him is that he's been a character in The Mandalorian on Disney+, and that he loves Baby Yoda. Tell me the story that you told me about how he was, like, tragic. Like, I can't even watch it if they... He No, he... Okay, so they were going to replace the Baby Yoda puppet with CGI, and he called them cowards. (laughs) He said, cowards, leave it. (laughs) I wish... uh, Is there, like, video of him saying that? I don't know if it's video or just, like... Like a tweet or something. I want to hear him say it. But I also... I read an interview, and this dude is interesting. I would like to know more about this guy. When he first signed on to be in The Mandalorian... They asked him, the interviewer asked him if he felt nervous working with John Favreau. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, and he's like, I'm not really nervous because I don't really know who this guy is. <laughs> How? Like, the. I haven't, I haven't really seen anything that he's done, which, you know, is crazy because he's done, like, Marvel. Like, he's been in the Marvel whatever. How bold do you have to be and to say like, something? And they're like, like that. do you watch movies he's like I only really go and see one or two movies a year I mostly like read and I watch the news all all different sides of the news to keep up with my world views and when I want to know what's going on in like the pop culture world I watch Wrestlemania and, and keeping up with the Kardashians you're kidding you are imagine <laughs> Werner Her- Herzog just sitting there Watching Kim K and all her antics. I retweeted the article where I read that like months and months ago, towards the end of 2019. Um, but I just, that is so hilarious to me that this guy is an award winning filmmaker and he doesn't even really watch films. That blows my mind because I've started, I used to listen to like, hours a day of podcasts when I was at work and eventually I had to stop because it was all true crime podcasts and my mind was just just in a dark dark place (laughs) but you know to me if you're gonna do something I feel like you need to study it and the fact that he didn't but like you said still won all of those awards that blows my freaking mind it's almost like cheating raw talent no cheating (laughs) it's cheating (laughs) i mean i just think he's 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 a cool guy i mean uh it just makes me mad like how can you just you know but he also he narrated this movie he narrated grizzly man and he kind of had this like he has this like thick german accent almost like the spongebob the french spongebob narrator yes it sounded just like it it just like it. well i mean except for like the accent differences in a few places but very similar a lot of similarities very very similar um so let's get into testimonials and that was mainly like your thing so yeah so there were a lot of people talking about timothy treadwell a lot of people had opinions on him mm-hmm. the widow especially was an odd person to interview yeah you kind of first see her when she's receiving timothy's watch and mm-hmm. it's still like in an evidence bag and he takes it out and he's apologizing and he gives it to her, and he's like, it's still running. It's been running since he died, and it's probably going to keep running for a while. And she's, you know, kind of laughing, kind of giggling, and excited to have it. And then she just out of nowhere starts crying. And it's like, I don't want to criticize her. Yeah. Because, be- you know, everybody grieves differently. But then when she would speak about him, I don't know, something just felt almost superficial about yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Like... Um, something that they did, well, she let Werner listen to the recording. Right, so when Timothy and his girlfriend Amy were being mauled by the bear, the, the lens cap was on the camera, but it was still running. So there's no video footage of it, but there was an audio tape. 
of them dying. So floating around out there is audio of that. And Werner listened to it. In front of... In front of, he had headphones on, and she was there, you know, crying. And he takes off the headphones, and he says, you can never listen to this. He looked very distraught. Like, you didn't see his face, but his body language, he, like, bent over and kind of put his head in his hands a little bit. And, he like, he was like, you can't. You have to destroy it. I wonder, I don't think she did. I don't know. I don't know if I would be able to. Like, I would never listen to it. I couldn't handle listening to it. But on the other hand, like, how do you destroy something like that? I mean, I I know that sounds kind of morbid. Because, like, why would you want to keep that? Yeah, because it's just almost like a temptation your whole life. Like, should I listen to it? Should I not? Right. And that was kind of my question that I was going to ask you which I kind of already figured that you wouldn't because we had talked about whether or not we would listen to it. I would never. I don't think I would. I would be, I don't know. I think that's one of those situations to where I would have to, I don't know. Because, like, I would never listen to it, so what's the point of keeping it? Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, like, that's kind of, like, an important moment historically, I think. And I hate to say it this way, but it's the only, like, word that I can think of when I think of something like this. It's almost like memorabilia. In a way. In a way. Yeah, not like fun collector memorabilia, but like, it's... Like you said, historically important within film and documentaries. It's a memento mori. Okay, okay. Like Like, a death memento. Yeah. So it's like, you don't want to keep that, but it's, I don't know, almost integral to his his journey. Like his journey and his life mission was to protect these bears, live by the bear, die by the bear. And you can't... You can't just, like, take that out of what he did, you know? Yeah, because it's, it's like the ending. It is the ending to his story. He had been documenting this whole entire time, and even his death is documented. Even right. if it's not visually documented, it's documented by audio, which is crazy. Because, I mean, okay, sometimes, you know, every once in a while you scroll through Twitter and you might see someone get shot or something that just gives me chills yeah you might not i don't think i've experienced that <laughs> but i know that they're yeah you can sometimes you just come upon some crazy stuff on twitter but it it, it gives me chills because i'm like that person is dead i just saw someone die right which is kind of really messed up mm-hmm. not kind of really messed up it is messed up but it's just mm. I don't know. It's a lot to think about. It definitely brings up that question of, like, is it respecting his life and his wishes to destroy that? Yeah. Do you think he would... I don't know. How do you think he would feel that it's recorded? Well, I mean, his goal was to document and study these bears, and that's something that bears do. I mean, he filmed the bears fighting each other. He filmed a bear's poop and, like, held his hand up. And he was like, I can't believe it. This was just in her butt. And now it's here. She gave it to me. This is part of her. So, like, Ugh. he definitely was all about everything these bears do. But I don't, I don't know. You know, I don't think he would be mad at bears right now. No, oh, no, he said... He said he would never, like, not even in defense of his own life would he ever hurt hurt a bear. <laughs> and that's interesting to me. And it, it, it's pure in a way, but I also know that it's a little bit crazy because he had some issues. That and Well, I mean, in his defense, he said, like, I'm going out to these bears' houses. I'm invading their space, so it's not fair for me to attack them for something that I'm doing. Yeah, he knew what he was doing. 
however mentally off he was, he did have a grasp on boundaries. Mm-hmm. So let's get into his girlfriend whenever it happened because she also died right by which the bear. there's not really a whole lot to say because based off of Treadwell's documentary footage there wasn't really much about her and then her family declined an interview with Herzog so they didn't really have anything to say on film so she's kind of just like a mystery her name was Amy but I mean that's all we really know about her do you think it was one of those things where her family was like don't go off with him he's the crazy bear guy I have no idea would you even want to speculate anything like that no because I mean I don't know anything about her anything about her family yeah and I mean they only he only shows her once in the film like we said earlier but you don't even see her face it's like a faraway shot she's getting out of an airplane and they did say though that it was known that she was afraid of bears Mm-hmm. But that's all we really know about her. I wonder what, like, made her want to go with him. I mean, they were dating. It was probably a support thing, but I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, how did that even... I don't know. Then my favorite testimonial was from the coroner. He was a little weird. That was definitely... That testimonial stood out to me the most because it's almost like it had a fisheye lens on the camera. Yeah. Like the image was kind of warped and he was getting kind of close to the lens and talking and I don't know, it felt very like mad scientist science fiction-y. It almost didn't match the rest of the movie. Mm-mm. He was, and just him in general was He was kind odd. of odd. Every, everything about this movie is just kind of odd. I think the most woke person was his friend who lived in California. Yeah. Because he was the most reasonable one. He was like... My wife was in the bedroom watching TV before bed, and the news came on, and she screamed, and I kind of had a feeling what it was. That's wild to me. Didn't didn't really want to believe it, but at the same time... I feel like he was definitely the most, like, to the point about it. Yeah, definitely. But the weirdest thing about all the testimonials is that they all just kind of felt like they were acting. Yeah. It, like, throughout the thing, it was it was just weird. But let's get into what the ecologist said, which you found interesting. Oh, yeah. Or the people who lived, like, in Alaska. Yeah, so there, there was one about a... There was a museum that had all this, you know, artifacts and this stuffed or taxidermied bear and he said that some people came in and like stole the hand off of the bear and it was crazy because the bears were like part of some I, I don't really know how to word it I guess was it the bear that had killed them or no. a bear that had killed somebody I don't know but this guy he was an Alaskan native and he said you know we've been living here for hundreds of years and we know not to mess with the bears and we respect their space, and they respect ours. So the fact that he was going out and, like, being among the bears was almost, like, disrespectful to their culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's some Native Americans who live around there. I wonder what they would think. I think I think he was. Oh, he was? Yeah. Okay. I think that's what I meant by Alaskan Native. Okay, okay. Sorry, I was kind of, like, in and out at some points. Yeah. I don't know. It... Because he was kind of the only person who was, like, he was disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Everybody else was, he was doing this in a very respectful way, and he was doing this the best way possible, and, you know, this museum curator was, like, he shouldn't have been doing this at all. When you when you acclimate bears to being around humans... It, it makes them kind of dangerous because they think they can just be around any human. Yeah, and they even brought up the poachers at one point. Um, actually, the poachers would antagonize Timothy. Well, and they weren't even poachers because there was another ecologist who said if 
you put a limit on the number of bears that you can hunt, then it keeps the bear population stable. That's true. So they were just, like, licensed bear hunters. Mm. Oh, he probably just referred to them as poachers, which, from his side, from looking through his lens... Makes sense. Yes. Um, they would even, but they would write notes, like, in chalk or something. With a marker on a rock or a log or something. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, Timothy. One of them said, see you next year, with a smiley face. And that, like, really pissed Timothy off. Yeah, that was one of those. He was like, it's not like a I'm going to break your legs threat, but it's definitely a threat. I think it was. I mean, well. It was antagonizing. Yeah, I wouldn't say a threat so much as just like antagonizing him yeah i don't know i feel like they could have not yeah (laughs) that was a little bit unnecessary for sure so let's kind of get into final thoughts what did we like what did you like i liked the landscape shots like there was one part it was just like a herzog like what's the word voiceover It was just Herzog doing voiceover over these, like, beautiful landscape shots. And all of the film throughout the documentary was just very beautiful. It was. um, And you said you didn't know if Herzog did it or if Timothy did it. But now that I kind of think about it, I did mention, was it, I think I mentioned the other day about how Timothy's camera quality wasn't that fantastic, so it could have been Herzog. Right, and it was definitely shot, like, from a helicopter Mm -hmm. or, like, from the plane, which, you know, Timothy had his camera on the plane, so he maybe got some of it. Herzog maybe got some of it. I have no idea. But either way, I mean, I just think it was... It was what Timothy would have wanted his final documentary to look like after he was done with his expedition. He got to put his own film together. I think that's what he wanted, would have wanted to see. Yeah, because he didn't have a budget. Right. Like, I don't think, like, at all. I wonder where he got his money from. Did people, like, give him donations? I have no idea. Because some, some of the interviews said that he was, like, the poorest guy they knew. Yeah. So, and the fact that he would, like, travel around for free to speak to people. Yeah. I have no idea. Oh, it's interesting. Was he a martyr? I don't think so. They were already protected. I mean... The bears. I think in his own way... In his mind, maybe? Yeah. And I mean... If you want to... Like... Hmm. I don't want to over-dramatize something... Right. Just because this is a real thing. Right. Because, like, they're obviously, like, yeah, it was protected land. The bears were protected. The hunting was regulated. But on the other hand, like, he knew what he was doing was dangerous, and he was still going out there and doing it anyway. So that kind of, in that sense, yes, he was. But, like, with the in the grand scheme of things, I think a lot of it was kind of... I don't want to say unnecessary, because he died for it, you know? Yeah. But... It, it was kind of, in his mind, blown out of proportion. And I, I hate to say that, too, because in his mind, he was doing the right thing. Right. He, he truly believed, from what he was saying, that he was doing the right thing yeah and making the right decisions now there were a lot of people in history who thought they were doing the right thing but that didn't mean that they were doing the right thing so that kind of plays into it as well i don't think he necessarily hurt anybody but himself and amy Mm -hmm. but i guess like from that sense like he wasn't necessarily doing any harm besides, well, I guess I shouldn't even say that because of the idea of acc- acclimating the bears. Because, mm-hmm. 
in that situation, they want them, I mean, they're, yes, they're on protected land, but they still want them to be wild animals. Right. You know? um, but this this is just more of a, a final thought rather than something that I liked versus something that I don't like. But I had to catch myself sometimes because it almost didn't feel real. It felt so outrageous sometimes Mm -hmm. that a person would just go and do this. It didn't feel like it actually happened. It felt like a mockumentary. Well, and I think a lot of that comes from Treadwell's footage. A lot of his monologues and the different takes of his monologues is kind of what made it funny. Because there was, at one point, he was like, I'm going to do this first without the bandana, then with the red bandana, then with the green bandana. And his camo bandana was the favorite one that he liked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, in that sense, you're watching and you're kind of, like, giggling a little bit. Because, like... Who does this? Yeah, like, that's not the part you're supposed to see when you watch the documentary. Mm -hmm. So, I, I definitely agree that there were parts that that were kind of funny, but then at the same time, you're like, oh, I really don't want to be laughing at this guy. Yes. Well, I guess it wasn't necessarily laughing at him, because he was kind of lighthearted about those parts, too. Yeah. But. It's, it's, a, it's definitely, like, something, a movie that you can just sit and think about. You know? Yeah. Like, you can think about all the different possibilities, what he would have thought, what the girlfriend would have thought, what his friends would have thought. You know, it's definitely, that's what, I mean, that's why we're doing a podcast on it. That's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, so, what we didn't like. One thing that I didn't like, and that's just because it's just my personal preference, it's the type of narration, like the type of documentary. So, for example, um, whenever we watched Sweethearts of the Gridiron, that didn't have narration in it by the director or really anyone else. The thing that pushed the plot along were was each individual character in the film. Mm-hmm. So, if something happened, they would be interviewed and they would tell what was happening. Not necessarily like Werner, who did voiceover and inserted told himself. Happening. Yes. And I like that you said that word, but that's just because, you know, I took an anthropology class one time. <laughs> but there's different ways to observe things. Like you can embed yourself in it. Which, um, in some cases, some people don't like. And then there's ways that you can observe, as in, like, you are very outside and you don't get into what's going on and you don't involve yourself in, like, rituals. Like, for example, like, if you're studying a tribe somewhere, we talked about, you know, a couple of people who studied tribes out, you know, in different places, different countries. And some embedded themselves in the culture and fully participated in their rituals and things like that. And that's when you get probably, like, more respect from what's going on or more respect from the people in the tribe, maybe, just using that example. Mm -hmm. But then, you know, on the other side, when you're just outside looking in, it's, I don't know, I feel like... If you embed yourself, personally, I feel like it'd be cooler to embed yourself. I don't know. I feel like I just went off on a rant. Well, and I mean, I I, I understand what you mean about not liking that he inserted himself. Mm-hmm. But I think in this case, like in defense of Grizzly Man, there wasn't really anything going on for him to just let it happen and move itself along like what he was documenting already happened that's true and also i don't think this was so much a documentary about timothy treadwell as it was a documentary about herzog's study of timothy treadwell so he was kind of like 
presenting his own findings and like he was talking about him he was looking at the footage and finding all of these things so it was more like this is what I found in the work that I did about Timothy Treadwell and how his life played out I see that I see it and I I do agree with you on that point um and in a way I mean like Chip Hale with Sweethearts of the Gridiron did insert himself, you know, but in the way that he or his crew had to go into the tryout process, had to go in there and experience it, not necessarily by participating, right? but, like, by being there and filming it and interacting with these people and creating relationships with these people, so... They will give you the quotes that you need, but that's just like on the journalistic aspect of it, which yeah. you understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and get on to ratings. Do you want to start? I don't know what I want to rate it. I really don't. Maybe I do. I mean, I think I do. I feel like you just always want to hear mine first, right? <laughs> well, since you haven't seen this one. That's true. I'll give you that. Oh, jeez. Hmm. I'm kind of kind of torn on two different ratings. I think I think I would give this one three and a half camo bandanas out of five. Really? Yeah. Ooh, I was gonna say, ooh, I don't know if you're gonna like this. I was gonna say, mm, two and a half or three um, bears out of five. Yeah. I definitely think this one is just, it's so interesting because it's so hard hitting. Yeah. That even when we're talking about it, I'm like, ooh, I hope we're being, like, respectful. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, I don't want to disrespect anybody in this movie or in this documentary, any of these real people, especially, especially Treadwell. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, like, I like it a lot as, like, a film Mm -hmm. that, you know, I don't want to talk down on it, you know? Yeah. You know... I think two and a half is too low. I really do. I'll say three. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, I usually, we usually talk during the movies, and this is the most quiet I've ever ever heard you. Yeah. Well, that you've ever been. I continued to talk because (laughs) I kept on getting into, like, a weird headspace, and I was like, this isn't real. This isn't real. And I definitely feel like that's how I felt the first time I saw it. Mm hmm. Um,. But I don't know. It's just like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it really is. Like, who would do this? Would you do it? No, I'm not that brave. <laughs> exactly. I'm not that brave. Like. And I mean, as as much of an argument as you can put up saying, like, what he was doing was unnecessary, I still think brave is the right word to describe him. Yeah, because, I mean, who just goes into... And we're talking about bears. Wild animals that he he felt they needed to be protected. Bears. He thought that it was important that they... Bears are killing machines, y'all. And he, he felt that it was necessary that they needed to be protected. So instead of just standing back, he went out there and he did something about it. Mm-hmm. Now, wh- whether or not it was protected land or not doesn't matter. He saw something that he believed passionately in, or passionately about, and he did something about it. And you got to give credit for that. Absolutely. Well, I guess, is that our final final thoughts? I think so. Okay. Well, guys, remember to follow us on social media. I know we did this late this time, but we just had a lot to talk about in the beginning of our cast this <laughs> this time. So, Meredith, 
Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. R e e l y. No. No. C a s t. We can't rap. We just had a serious discussion about a man who got killed by a bear. R e e l y p e o d c a s t. Really podcast. Also, send us an email. Do it. Oh, also, earlier we were talking about animated films, and we have some opinions on those. So if you have any good animated films that you would like us to watch... Or talk about. Tell us. Please tell us. let us know. Because we have not watched an animated film yet. Right. Have we? I don't think so. Was one like, oh, <laughs> I was thinking of Claymation, and then I was like, wait, that was like Evil Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead 3 and everything. Oh, that that's funny. I think I just thought of one that we should watch. So I'll tell you that when we're not rolling anymore. Oh, dang it. But also something to look forward to, we have a couple of guests coming up Ew. this season. That'll be two separate episodes with two separate guests. I'm excited. I'm also excited. I hope they're excited. I hope the guests are excited. I think they're excited. One of them probably not so excited though. <laughs> but uh, the one that we've been talking to recently, I feel like he's pretty excited. Yes. So, stay tuned for that and we hope you have a good week. See you next time. Oop. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Really? Bears.